going on everybody welcome back into another episode of the dogs football podcast here on september 1st yes it is a thursday we were actually going to make a tweet forgot to to warn you guys that because i think on the last one we did say wednesday but here we are on thursday no big deal here we are because we had some big news come out today so thankfully we did wait a day i'm nick malone joined by no alerts no like i said we were blown away by this news today. It was a matter of time. We'll jump into it. But uh, like we said, I'm glad we waited a day to do this. Yeah, we uh, both felt, just felt something that something may come out that we didn't want to miss. Um, obviously, we got another Nick Baker uh, interview with Mike Reese and also uh, got some breaking news today, which the breaking news is that uh, your head football coach, Nick Hill, is getting a five-year extension, so he's now the football coach through the 2026 season. So uh, uh, we both agreed, but uh, to quote LeBron James, it's about damn time. For sure. Before that, though, we are doing this on Thursday. You'll catch us throughout the rest of the season, surely doing it on Friday, the day before every game. But uh, Noah will be out of town this weekend and leaving tomorrow, so that's why we're doing it today, just an FYI for future episodes. But, yes, the breaking – you're right, because we were kind of maybe expecting interviews. And you're right, Nick Baker has one. Nick Hill doesn't have one. Throughout the season, we'll get, like, every Monday, you know, a recap of the week prior and then a look ahead. So we'll get that. We, may, we might get one tomorrow. Who knows? But, yes, he gets his extension, Noah, because we know – Whenever he signed a long time ago, it was like a three or four year probably extension to start out with. And then we knew a couple of years ago, he kept getting like one year extensions. We know when Liz was still here, he got it. And then we knew it was coming up here soon again. And then, of course, he lands this one today. Very well deserved your rights about damn time with everything great that he's done the last couple of years. Rejuvenated the program for, from when. Dale Lennon was here, and then whenever he took over and he had the rough years, as we know, to get to this point, he's, he has the resume to show for it now, a couple playoff wins, and we're hoping he has more. BS yes, through 2026, that is a long time for him, and we know the staff is, you know, his staff changes every single year. If he can get a cemented, you know, staff throughout his tenure, that'd be nice, but maybe he can show that uh, he can continue to win with new staffs every single year, but now let's dive into this article because there's some quotes in here about about this extension. Five years. It mentions how, you know, kudos to him for being in the toughest conference. And it's our last 22 games. We have an eight and four against ranked teams, including wins over number one, which remember against North Dakota State at home couple or last spring, number two, number three and number four ranked programs. So all of the good stuff has happened to this program in the last couple of years. A quick quote here from new AD Tim Leonard, which Noah will get to. I'll let you take over after the fact that maybe he had a lot to do with this. He said, Nick Hill has built something special here at his alma mater. Beyond football, Nick's program has become an important part of the fabric of our region through its many community service activities. He is a leader of the highest character who works tirelessly for the betterment of SIU and the people of this region. No, we know probably it was in the works, and I think it says here at the end, I'll let you dive into it. Matthew Peck might have had something to do with it along with the chancellor. But no, Tim Leonard coming in here to solidify something like this to happen is great. Yeah, absolutely. We were, uh, you've seen um, since he's been hired here as the AD that uh, quite a few people have been extended. Uh, we know baseball coach Lance Rhodes, after a great season last year, um, getting extended. Um, you see some others getting extended and new coaches elsewhere. So, uh, yeah, him coming in here, he's making an impact right away. Even though 
he credits uh, Chancellor Lane and Kupek for extending or for their work in extending Hill, but um, he comes in here and puts the final touches on it. Uh, Coach Hill's base salary begins at 250000 this season and increases by fifteen each season thereafter. Um, I'm pretty sure that's at least 100000 more than he's been making because I think it's been like 150000 each year he's been making. So uh, a big pay increase, and he deserves it. Um, hopefully, into this contract, there's maybe uh, stuff for the other coaches as well to uh, help pay him. Then, uh, uh, yeah, this is just a great deal by Tim Leonard him to put the final touches on what Chancellor Lane and interim AD Matt Kupek's done. For sure, you're right. It was around 100 to 150,000. We talked about it earlier because we knew about it beforehand of like who was the highest paid in the FCS. We have an idea. And we kind of know, but Nick was ranging probably around the like near the bottom, I think, especially in our conference. So, a well earned pay pay raise without one, without a doubt. It talks about how uh, that we do have three consecutive winning seasons, and it mentions our obviously our two playoff wins, both on the road. We were expecting to get one a home playoff game last year, and we're hoping to vie for one again this year. But no, as we know, it, it's grinding out those games. Weber State, you know, we you know, scratch and claw and went on a game winning touchdown there. South Dakota, we kind of handled, but like I said, both being on the road and just the preparedness that he's made us, even for these big games, almost knocking off Kansas state. And we know we almost played Wisconsin, like stuff like that. So, and we talked about the schedules for the next couple of years, a couple of big schools, maybe not as much as we'd like, but it's quite all right. Cause we've almost done in the past and we could do one in week three this year, but definitely well-deserved. And Nick Hill said himself, when I say how much I love Southern Illinois and from being a part of the 618 area, I truly mean it. For me and my family, this is the best job in the country. I'm proud to be a Saluki and excited to help spread the message about the great things going on at our university. And know that it, I mean, obviously him being from here, that's why I think at the very get-go, whether this just, you know, obviously he was a brand new coach, he was a coordinator, he was a high school coach, he wasn't going to get that much straight off the bat. You know, not like how Brian Mullins did straight off the bat, even though he was an assistant at, a, at Loyola beforehand had experience, but uh, I think Nick would have done this for pennies on the dollar, to be honest. I think that's how much, how much he does love this area, how much everything, like he'd do it for free. If you probably asked him, probably not, but that's how much he does love it. We agree with that. And that's, you got to have people in here that care. And because he's from around here, he just cares so much. So no final thoughts on this big day for Nick Hill and our program. Yeah. It just shows that, um, Things are getting done here at, at SIU and co other coaches, like I said earlier, is getting extended. So uh, it's it shows you where all the programs at SIU are at. They're headed in the right direction. The foundations he's laid since he's got here. Um, just improvement every year since he's gotten here. And now that we're in the playoffs and becoming a perennial powerhouse uh, across the country, it just shows you that we're here to stay and Nick Hill getting extended. And uh, the coaches he's brought in here, and sometimes some leave and we replace them, but um, he's had to make some changes here and there. So uh, big day for Nick Hill and his family and uh, SIU football as a whole. Yeah, the fact that he, you know, uh, well, just the fact that we go like, you know, he groomed Jeremy. He was in his first recruiting, like, groomed Jeremy to be an NFL player. And he brings national attention to SIU. And then we know the whole Caleb Wagner thing. Like Nick Hill's doing stuff that's putting us on the map regardless, along with these playoff wins. And we, we mentioned the spring when we, when we got to the round of eight, could have got to the round of four because we know that South Dakota State game was 
pins and needles and there was a touchdown that arguably could happen. We know about the whole thing, but he was that close to getting to a final four even. So we know how many games, and, you know, to his credit, we played however many games in a calendar year he's talked about and stuff and just incredible work and hard work that he's done. And we mentioned how maybe the pressure, you know, cause there was pressure maybe a year left on your deal. You have to sustain playoff success. And that's definitely still the case. So whether that's still on his shoulders or not with a five-year extension to keep making it, it, obviously it's always the goal and there should be expectations to do it. I wonder if hopefully he can deal with that pressure that's maybe had been on him and maybe still on him due to this. But yes, congrats to him and his family for sure. Well earned. And definitely wanted to start off with that. No, a couple of small things here before we get into some other stuff. I got a notification the other day and it's, and it's made me think about what could have been years ago. We know Austin Reed who won – what a D2 national title a couple of years ago. He's kind of bounced around, but he's at Western Kentucky now. And I got an update. It was just ironic that is that Austin Reed threw a touchdown, which was the first of the college football season. No, that again, that's it could have been a what if because he's winning titles and he's just doing good things at an FBS school. What could have been if we landed and kept Austin Reed? Yeah, it's it's one of those that you say like exactly what you said, what could have been. Um I was actually watching his game because uh, I was I bet I bet on Austin P. They played Austin P. last week. I bet on Austin P. to cover, but uh, I had forgot he ended up there. Uh, Western Kentucky has been uh, liking transfer quarterbacks to come in for a year. They had Bailey Zappi that was at Houston Baptist the year before came in for his last year. Uh, broke Joe Burrow's all time touchdown record, and now they bring in Austin Reed from another D two program. So. I forgot he was there. I was watching his game. Um, they ended up winning, so it's crazy to see him on that ca- kind of level. We said when he when he committed there, when he entered the portal, that uh, what could have been. Yeah, he's lived up in his career. He's had a really nice career. Just wanted to add that in there. If people either didn't know who he was because he wasn't here long, obviously, or you know, committed for a certain amount of time and then left, what could have been. So uh, now Noah, obviously a recent former Saluki now. Corey Lyles, you sent this to me the other day. It was from three days ago. He made a post. We know he transferred to Jackson State. We know he got hurt in his final season with us. Ended up at Jackson State with Deion Sanders. But no, it's crazy. We know his career is over. We know he was an upperclassman when he got here. Uh, it looks like he's joined an NFL network. He was in L.A. at SoFi Stadium. And NFL game day crew for this upcoming season, he, he said he would like to thank Deion Sanders and a couple other people no, it's crazy how much your life can just change in the blink of an eye. You're a quarterback in football. You graduate next thing you know, you're already, you know, on national TV. And we'll try to look for him on stuff. But, no, this caught us by surprise because how quick your your career and your life can change after football like that. Yeah, it's – it's uh, when he transferred out, we were wondering where he ended up. Ended up at Jackson State. Um, but, yeah, obviously seeing what kind of – career path he's headed in in the media uh just like stone down and left here and now he's a uh radio guy down in miami so uh it's crazy to see that he's ended up now he's part of the nfl game day crew um i wonder i tried to look up i looked at our website from years past and i looked at jackson state i didn't exactly see what he majored in so i was wondering what kind of job he has out there but that's an incredible opportunity for him for sure, and we just recall, you know, he was a starter at one point. He's got talent, and you go play for Deion Sanders, he sees something in you. But it looks like Deion helped him get this job, which – but he'll definitely, you know, 
be great at it as time goes on. Like I said, we'll look for him on TV one day. So good for him. Like I said, always keeping up with former Saluki players. So Noah, speaking of that, a couple quickly here, because we know NFL rosters have finally been cut to the 53 for each team. And unfortunately it looks like only two SIU players have landed on rosters. We know, well, that's just the, you know, the beginning roster the, you know, that doesn't mean they're not still on practice squads or some are hurt, which will remember Mike Cole talking about him. He's dealing with injury. Uh, and I'll let you dive into that for a second, but only two. And we talked about them last time, but Jeremy and Ryan Neal, the only two on here, uh, the FCS article, that's how we saw it uh, and confirmed it. They had everyone in the FCS that made rosters, but Noah, those two, that's it. We've talked about the others on the previous pod and uh, like Michael's, hurt, he's hurt, right? So he's not going to be on the roster. And that's why we'll get to, because we have a depth chart for us to discuss here at the end or near the end. Uh, which we'll dive into, like, you know, injuries can be why somebody's not on there. That's probably the case with Michael, because other than that, Craig James and all of them probably just didn't make it. But like I said, they might be on practice squads. Yeah, uh, Michael got re-signed um, immediately to the Atlanta Falcons practice squad. So um, I'm not sure exactly how far he is along. I assume he's probably almost back by now. Um, I know a I know exact uh, right after I think Madre yesterday got re-signed to the Panthers practice squad after a really good preseason, thought he had a chance to make that roster, but he's back in Carolina. Uh, then literally 59 minutes ago, Craig James got re-signed to the Jets practice squad after he signed there, and uh, so he's back on their practice squad. So uh, uh, guys getting still opportunities to play in the league, so uh, – Hopefully they get their name shot. That's how, that's what happened to Craig in Philly. He was on the practice squad. He got called up and uh, one made of their, a play. Yeah, one of their corners got hurt and he broke up a play and it it got picked off in the end zone to help him win that game. So uh, being ready on that practice squad, I'm I'm sure they're always. I think uh, if Michael eventually gets healthy, I think he can help the Falcons off Falcons offense, especially playing with Arthur Smith. So. Uh, some guys still got no opportunities, but yeah, only two guys making the actual roster right away. I'm so glad you mentioned Craig because I do remember that. I'm pretty sure it was either Sunday Night Football or you know one of the primetime games that we saw that on might have been on Fox or something. But them saying his name was really cool. You're right, and stay ready, you know, because injuries are going to happen. They'll get these opportunities. So good to see all those guys on the practice squads. We'll keep up with all those guys, like we said, as time goes on. So now, no, let's dive. We know. We talked on the last one of the recent 2023 commits, and we mentioned that we also are going to discuss their seasons as time goes on, and you were able to find that information on most of them, if not all. Let's dive into how they did in their in their week one. Yeah, uh, the only one uh, the only one with stats uh, I can find is right away was Logan Minton, our tight end commit, um, thanks to uh, Daniel Lansing last year, Jimmy's mother. Uh, sending us the St. Louis Disp- Dis- Dispatch uh, paper. So we can find St. Louis guys' stats pretty easy. It helped us out with all, a lot of our commits from last year from the St. Louis area. But Logan Minton, um, his team took a close loss, 21-14 at Marquette. Um, he had five receptions for 57 yards. Um, so uh, he starts out 0-1 uh, for Lafayette, but they – are um, at home this week, tomorrow night against Fox. So hopefully they can bounce back there. So um, five for 57, a decent start for Logan Minton. 
For sure. And it's crazy. Didn't we talk about most players last year that were just on really bad teams? Like, or they're, you know, you're right. And we, we think we're, we're so thankful for the Lansing family and keeping up with us, talking to us and giving us that information a season ago. Cause you're right. We did have mostly St. Louis guys. I, I could have swore we had guys last year that I think it was Ryan Shanley's squad that had some trouble down there in Georgia. Cause he's at a really good school, but, uh, yeah, Logan Minton, you're right. It's really those offensive players that we're mainly going to be able to get the information from. But uh, uh, other than him, who'd you say again? Is he, he's, he's the only one you went over, right? Yeah, he's the only one so far. Um, going with Caleb Wagner down at Baker Baker High School in Florida. Um, they took a tough loss in week one last week, 38 nothing. Couldn't find any stats on him. I'm sure he didn't do much if they're getting blown out, 38 nothing. Um, I watched a little clip. Apparently, uh, Baker High School and Caleb beat South Walton last year, so it was a revenge for South Walton, but a tough loss to start the season for Caleb. Yeah, especially if he doesn't, you know, if he's not, you know, we talked about how if he remains here or not, he's got to have a great season, and he might play the other side of the ball. We know we've talked about that. They might want him. You said he used to play O-line when he was younger, but if he played on the other side, but if they're not scoring, they that's big time payback. So yeah, not the best start for him. And he's, he's the one we'll talk about the most for this class if he remains. So we want him to, to play well, just in general, but not enough for someone to steal him from. So maybe that's a good sign, but hopefully he can bounce back. Yeah. Then uh, Blaine Halley and Olympia high school, uh, they went on the road last week uh, and beat Riverton uh, 60 to six, a big blowout for Blaine and his team. Uh, I have family that lives in Riverton and Riverton's football program. They just got a new coach this year, but very, very poor football program. So it uh, doesn't surprise me with a big win like there for Blaine. So uh, Aiden Durig, his team has played uh, one of our two got commits uh, that already have played two games. Um, Crown Point High School uh, got a first week at home against Lowell, got a 42 nothing win then last week. Um, they got a 28-18 win over Adrian on the road, so 2-0 and for Aiden. So those are our two offensive line commits, so uh, decent starts for them. Uh, Mir Dwight, um, they have already played two games, like I said. One and one, got a 17-6 win um, over Dooley County uh, the first week. Then last week they lost 47-7 to to Westlake, um, so a tough loss last week down in Georgia. Um, for uh, for Amir. Uh, next one, uh, the two down in Alabama, um, one and no last week, got a 34 20 win for Foley High or against Foley High School. Um, so that's a good start for them down in Alabama at Pratt High School. Then the other one, uh, Miles Wash out of Derby, Kansas, uh, they've yet to start football season. Um, but uh, they got a home game against Manhattan uh, this week. So uh, I'm sure he's probably right out of Kansas State's backyard if they're playing Manhattan. True. Exactly. Solid stuff there. Yeah. It is crazy how many blowouts are in high school football. But, and, you know, Amir Dwight and all, those, all the defensive guys really, they, they do their part to an extent. So uh, I, I love this. I love that we, and we'll, can, like I said, we, we'll start, we'll, we'll preview or we'll, you previewed in there, and then we'll recap them on our next one. I love doing that. Nice work there. Now, uh, we, we did discuss last week about where our standings were in every ranking. We kind of flew by it, to be honest, because we had a lot to talk about. 
So we'll just go through it here again in the coaches poll. We'll get to another one that recently we didn't get to talk about that came out a couple of days ago. We did say we were ninth, and to no one else's surprise in the coaches poll, North Dakota State is at one. The top four here are going to be the biggest problems of the whole season. It's the Montana schools and the both Dakotas. So North Dakota State, Montana at two, South Dakota State uh, at three, and then who, Noah will get into them. They have a huge game this weekend. We've already talked about it. That they're going to be really good this year. Might have the best roster in the FCS, according to some, and then Montana State, Villanova, Kennesaw State, Sacramento State, Missouri State, one spot ahead of us. We're hoping we'll have a rivalry with them as, you know, the games that we've had with them over the last couple of years. Uh, we'll be fighting for them for the third spot in the conference and then overall in the whole thing. But no other Valley teams in here or Incarnate Word, we'll get to them at the end. They're 14th, as we know. Other than that, Deion Sanders at 17, with Jackson State, Weber State back in there at 20. Other than that, Northern Iowa at 21. Uh, so we'll get your thoughts on that. And there's a team on the outside looking in that kind of dug themselves a hole maybe this season and why they wouldn't be ranked or make the playoffs. Yeah, it's uh, not too bad. I mean, I like right where we're at. We're in that, like I said last week when we discussed it a little bit. Um, if they were to know our injuries going into the season right now, uh, we'd probably be a little bit lower in that 12 to 13 range. But um Nothing can play. We know Missouri State returning the MVC Player of the Year uh, would would probably be ranked ahead of us in preseason, um, just like they were. But yeah, those top four, um, really. I mean, I mean, those top three, uh, you can't are going to be incredible. Getting that one seed in the playoffs this year to get on the opposite side um, of some of those teams is going to be big. But yeah, I mean. North Dakota State, they won it last year with ease. They're supposed to be even better this year. But I like where we're at with nine. That's right where we need to be on the outside looking on that, really that top five. So hopefully we can get a big win this weekend and, and creep up. Agreed. And that other team I mentioned, South Dakota, who, you know, we beat in the playoffs last year. They're usually, in, you know, Connor Camp or Carson Camp, at quarterback and stuff, they're going to be pretty good or they're going to be, uh, we were thinking they'd be solid this year, but like I said, they kind of dug themselves a hole in their schedule. They, ironically, they play at Kansas State this year, but then they're at Montana, and then two games later at home against North Dakota State. Then they're at South Dakota State, at Illinois State. Uh, uh, they host us, and then uh, right is that game? Yeah, that game's that game's at South Dakota, right? Yeah. Yes. They then they host Missouri State two weeks later. They play Youngstown at Youngstown, and then they get Northern Iowa. North Dakota into the year. So they have the toughest FCS schedule. And a lot of people have picked them not to make the playoffs, but if they can get through that juggernaut, the kudos to them. I wanted to add that in there because we are familiar with them a little bit. Um, now, I know this one, which I mean, this account, College Football Network, has about 8,700 follower, or followers, but we see them on here and they did their own rankings. So they had us at six, which is by far the uh, the highest that are not, not by far. We were at seven on some of the last week, but we're six here, which is our furthest yet or highest up. And we're, they just have us ahead of like Villanova, Kennesaw, Sacramento state, all those schools that are ahead of us in the coaches poll. But you're right. If people knew the ins and outs, you know, besides just looking on paper at our roster, they would know that maybe probably a little pick too high there a little bit. One of that, that in there in the Noah, you said that you saw FCS fans nation, right? Had top, top 100 FCS team rankings going into this year. And we also have all Americans that you have a list for that we'll dive into after that, but top 100 FCS team rankings. Yeah. Um, 
I listen to the podcast at FCA Nation podcast. If you want to go check it out, um, they do good work over there. And uh, the end of uh, early early August, they did a podcast, and they actually had um, one of the guys that's a um, FCS stats perform uh, voter on there, and he apparently doing a top thirty, top forty is not good enough for him. He actually did um, had the every FCS. T- FCS team ranked 131 teams. Um, he, they started at 130, and they uh, they went down. Uh, they actually had us higher than um, what the actual uh, list has us. Uh, they had us at six, um, so they basically flopped us in Missouri State um, in the actual uh, preseason award poll. So it's uh, they had some. They think it's on Nick. What they had, they talked about Nick Baker a little bit. Um, so, uh, it's incredible to see that, uh, they have us as high as six. Yeah, I know. I think that's also just a great sign that whether they look at what we are right now going into the season, but they, they know our, you know, our background of what we've done the last couple of years to gain that kind of respect. And that's kind of respect we've been wanting for years and years. And we finally, you know, seems like I've gotten to that point and, and it's all opinion based obviously, but if we get that kind of notoriety from those people, that definitely means a lot. So, uh, wanted to cover a lot more of these, like I said, since we broke, since we breezed through them last week. But Noah, all Americans, how many do we have? Yeah, preseason, um, all Americans uh, for. Uh, well, we know that uh, we talked about a little bit last week. Uh, Avante Cox and Nick Baker were on the Peyton Award watch list, so um, those two guys. We know Avante's probably out for a little bit, um, but. Preseason all-conference teams we, we haven't discussed yet as well. First team um, was Avante Cox at receiver. Javon Williams was all-purpose and P.J. Jules at corner. So uh, no big surprises there. Then second team for uh, preseason all-conference. Jacob Garrett, fullback, we know he's going to be a big, big asset in his return off injury. Uh, we know he came back at the end of the year last year. But And Clayton Bush at safety. So preseason all-conference teams uh, – no Nick Baker. We know there's a lot of good quarterbacks in this league. So, uh, but having five on preseason is pretty good, I think. Yeah, for sure. And we know how many we had last year and the carry over here. You're right. It is weird not seeing Nick because I feel like he's got a lot of, uh, you know, good opinions around the country, you know, because he broke our school record and all that stuff that he's got. You know, a lot of people think he is pretty good. So it is weird, but you're right. You know, the, uh, Shelly and all these guys, Gronowski being bag, all those guys are going to be ahead of him, we would like to think. So definitely no surprises there. That's good. I'm glad that we have a lot of these. Um, and then, no, real fast, uh, I did. I remember saying that we had 23 transfers uh, coming in, and but I'm pretty sure uh, there was a number, actually. Mike Reese had it a couple of days ago with the six most transfers in the FCS. We are – we are sixth with 18. Like I said, I, th- I think we had 23 overall, but uh, D1 transfers, we had 18. So I wanted to clarify that and see that because we did we did stumble upon that, and that is a lot. So like we said, a lot of new faces, which we'll dive into next. Yeah, then uh, the All-Americans Hero Sports did uh, preseason-wise. Um, you can look at them. I mean, Jason Shelley, talk about him returning from Missouri State. He is the first-team offense. But you have to uh, scroll pretty far to find the the first Saluki 
and uh, and ends up being the only Saluki on the third team offense. Uh, wide receiver Avante Cox. So, um, not a lot of love across the country, um, for Saluki players, but surprised not to see PJ on the list. But we know there's a lot of good DB DBs in the country. So, uh, Avante, the only uh, wide receiver we have, or the only player we have on the preseason all all American teams. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's no surprise. Avante is, even though it should seem like it's Javon. Avante is probably our most, uh, you know, known player around the country. It seems like we. It's good that we do have a lot, though, and mainly they are on offense, which is what we've took pride in over the years. But we're thinking our defense now, which but what it's been most talked about. Maybe a lot more names can become on there, and that's in the country. So we're not going to get a whole lot on there. It's understandable, but as time goes on, we want to keep doing that. So that's quite all right. Now, Noah, before we jump into what the official depth chart is. Did see, though, that uh, they came out with a poster schedule, which is nice. I think uh, Coach McClevin, he came out with it. It was about a – or the team posted it, and that's how we saw it was through him. But really cool picture. It's got some of our best players on it. And one, actually, no, we'll get to in the depth chart of why he's not on there. And we're thinking that it's because of injury. That's Mikhail Calhoun. We'll cover that in a second. But, no, that's a pretty cool picture. And it came to our attention because we've been through the schedule again. I can read it off here in a second, or you can if you want. But – uh, that week five against Illinois State, October first, we didn't we love like we said we've we've been there before. We oh, it was before we broke off as a program, so we were kind of like you know not as good, but we wanted to go watch them on the road. Illinois State kicked our butts, and we over overpaid for tickets. But no, they're back at Illinois State. They're going to be a little better, we think. And that game's at six thirty that night, which is really convenient for us. We can go there after our work on Saturday and make that trip. We were really lucky to see that that was six thirty kickoff. Yeah, we know. Uh, Nick Hill likes, usually likes noon games, but, uh, doesn't have a lot of those noon games this year, but, um, yeah, that's awesome that we're going to be able to get on the road, um, on October 1st against, uh, Illinois State. Yeah, we know that was when we were bad, not very good. So I hate to see prices when a top 10 team comes up there, but, um, it'd be worth a show. We know what happened last year. They came to our place, was up like 17, nothing at halftime. We came back and beat them. Uh, but, yeah, that schedule, obviously, at Incarnate Word this weekend, at home against SEMO next weekend, at Northwestern, we'll be there for that. Um, versus North Dakota, we come back to start conference play. Then we're at Illinois State, at Missouri State, so back-to-back road games. Then we're at home against Western, at South Dakota in a playoff rematch. Then we come back home for um, versus Northern Iowa, then versus North Dakota State for that. Uh, that'll be senior day. Um, so that's a big one at home than at Youngstown to finish the year. So um, tough schedule, but uh, we're going to see what we're made of this year. Yeah, I love it. We talked about South Dakota having the toughest. I would love to know where – I think we talked about where we would be, and we didn't look it up to see where our strength is going. We actually went through all the other Valley teams, what, yesterday and talked about theirs, and some of them, some of them were weak, some of them were not. Some of them have huge FBS games, like Missouri State plays Arkansas. So we'll – We'll keep up with them that week, but you're right. We are making Northwestern, and I'm, I'm glad we can make at Illinois State because that's the only away game we'd be able to make. And Yeah, you're right. No noon games, but the 1 o'clock North Dakota State game is going to hurt us for our work around that time to make that one. But I like our schedule. It's it's a perfect blend of, you know, kind of winnable, but also, like, tough. So it's going to be a tough year, and that's that's that should make us excited to be battle-tested moving forward. So now, Noah – we know we we talked about the depth chart and our predictions. 
and we were what kind of percentage would you would you say that we were right on it's probably like probably 65 90. Uh, okay yeah 90 you're right there are some surprises on here and some that aren't even on of the week thought that would like we said but you're right 90 because we're talking about the whole thing it probably is that high yeah, right so let's jump into it let's start off with the easy or let's start off with the one i'll, I'll go through the quarterbacks and then i'll let you go through the offensive line which is definitely a surprise so nick baker of course behind him though we talked about stone norton and we don't know if he's dealing with an injury that's why he's not on here but and we we've seen him here and there through pictures and videos, but no, he's not on the two deep or three deep for the quarterbacks. It's Zach Zabrowski. We know Colin plays made the Dan Patrick show last year. I'd say pretty vital. You know, we don't know his you know quality of quarterback. We know in the spring game he did fine, but no, he's second on here. And then of course Marion's Hunter Simmons is on here, which we like him. We predicted him second. Other than that, no, no Stone Norton. That's kind of a surprise. Yeah, we were expecting. Uh, I know we took the guess last week that. Um, Hunter Simmons would win that backup job. So uh, um, one of the first and one of the very few, uh, you see it on, uh, I'm an Oregon fan, and we've yet to come out with a depth chart, but I'll, if it came out, you'd see a lot of ores on there, and that's our first or and one of our fam- very few ores on this depth chart and on those two deep. So, um, yeah, interesting to see what happened to Stone. Um, still no Michael Lindauer. We know if he's even fully recovered yet. So, uh, yeah, that's a expecting, say, what happens if Nick Baker goes down. We're, we're at an unknown at this place. So, I mean, we've seen Stone at SEMO last year, uh, and I think against Dayton. I don't um, think he completed a pass. Yeah, I don't think – yeah, it wasn't very great. So, uh, but he's played very few snaps uh, in college as a quarterback, but – I haven't seen Zabrowski or Hunter Simmons. I think Hunter Simmons got in the Dayton game and ran the ball a couple times. But other than that, um, not much confidence in that backup quarterback. So hopefully Nick Baker stays healthy. You're right. We know we talked about it, you know, his durability, and he's pretty tough. And we'll get to an interview with him. He, he knows that he's tough. Uh, but you're right. I mean, Hunter Simmons, I mean, he's seven inches taller than Nick, and he's 220. He's 6'4". So that's kind of crazy. You're right. If he does go down, I would I would hate to see what that would be like. So we're hoping we can protect him the right way. So we'll get to that offensive line in a second. But no, let's start running back. We we know, like I said, last year, pretty sure what Justin was RB1 last year. And we knew it probably wasn't going to be Javon, even though it seemed like that, you know, would be inevitable, but it's not. Roe Elliott is first on here, followed by Javon and Justin. Uh, you know, obviously no Pop Jones, no uh, you know. Whoever else, I guess. Well, these are our top three, as we know. So, you know, someone might emerge for the fourth. We know uh, Sean Lester and stuff. But this is three, like I said, no surprise. We haven't heard much on Roe. I, I miss saying Romere, but I'm going to call him Roe still. Uh, we haven't heard much on him at all. We know Justin's dealt with stuff and Javon's been healthy uh, that he said, and he's excited. But no, Roe getting the first spot. And we know he's really good. He's, he's fast and good between the tackles. Uh, like I said, we want this three-headed monster, so no surprise seeing him at one, I suppose. Yeah, we know he dealt with a little bit of injuries last year, um, but yeah, I mean, if you if you look at the two deep, they're all the starters are in bold print, and they're all three. So uh, we know yeah, those. Say where you could find this, so people can find it. I was going to yeah, say on the can, app. Where'd you find it at? You can go uh, if you go to the website. If you don't have the app, if you just go to the schedule, then you go to the game notes uh, and look at the PDF file. 
it shows all the game notes for this week's games and it talks about the roster, then it has the two deep as well. So, um, or yeah. you can find on the app pretty easy. Um, but yeah, I mean, Roe Elliott, hopefully he can come back. We know what he can do. I mean, we have three different style backs that we can u- take advantage of using them um, because if all three are healthy, um, that's a dangerous backfield. So uh, seeing Roe, uh, Justin, um, I'd say Justin's third listed wise, probably because he's been banged up this offseason. Row and Javon's probably been the healthiest. So um, hopefully all three stay, have a really good seasons. Um, we know we saw Javon and uh, DJ Davis both break a thousand. So maybe um, we can get close with all three. For sure. And, and you mentioned Rowe's uh, injuries last year. I, I remember Kansas State, he couldn't go in the game because of the, the flashing lights of the stadium made it through. I think he was concussed, right? So he couldn't even make it in that game because of those reasons. So he did go through a lot. So hoping he can bounce back. And you're right, we have three different styles, and that's perfect. That's what exactly what you need to be successful in the backfield. Now, Noah, fullback slash tight end. They did have Jacob bolded. As we know, he's the number one fullback, and he can be used in multiple different ways. Uh, and we're excited for that. And we'll get to also maybe at the end of this, where we'll rank the top 10 most important either units or players going into the season. But him, Bolded, isn't a surprise. He's important. Uh, behind him, though, we know Ty Stanley will be a big part of this season receiving, we're hoping, because Jacob's back and able to block to where Tice is able to get out in space more than Remington, as we know. I mean, 6'6", 250, that's incredible. Good to see him on here because we barely heard about him as well. You mentioned uh, red zone threat. For sure, and even we'll talk about Nick Baker's interview. He mentioned the red zone wanting to be better and that. Maybe Remington could be huge on that. So those are that's a pretty good uh, triplet right there. Yeah, we know when Jacob Garrett going down last year, um, we saw two years ago, or we saw Cole Stewart uh, step up in that kind of role. Um, but we saw Tice last year in the SEMO game to start the year. He was a big threat. Then we saw him in the playoff game. I think he had a big play, but um, – didn't hear a lot because we had some – we were banged up on the line, so I think he stayed in the block a little bit. Um, but, yeah, Remington, interesting to see what happens. Haven't heard anything really about him since he got here. and Nick Nick Hill talked about him a little bit. Um, but there's also some guys right behind him. We know Aiden Quinn stepped up big time last year. So, um, interesting to see what happens with that tight end group. But Jacob Garrett, if he can be healthy and return to what he was um, – He's a very big threat because how many times have we seen uh, we we are in Wildcat, Javon snakes a run or, or fakes a run, and Jacob just sneaks out of the backfield for a big touchdown run so or a big touchdown reception. So uh, be interested to see what happens this year with that group. For sure, and I think he's a great security blanket for Nick. I think at times Tice was that for Nick last year, but Jacob for sure, if Nick gets in trouble and Jacob's on the field, that he can be a – a dink and dunk kind of guy and all those kinds of reasons. That, that would be great to see. Uh, so, like I said, good trip with there. You're right, Aiden. Who knows? We might see him in there, and we'll see him in special teams. But, no, let's go through receivers. I have been sneak peeking offensive line, but let's dive through all the rest of the offense first. We know Avante. We'll get to her, and Nick already said that we uh, Isaiah's making the trip. But, no, he's not on the depth chart, which means he probably will not play. And as long as he's there and he's getting ready and he could be for SEMO, which we know Avante's aiming for SEMO as well, not having either of them. So let's dive through the, the starters at wide receiver. Has this a little bit, you know, not – I wouldn't say concerned, even though we're like, well, you know, we know Nick throwing the ball is a big part of our game. And unless it's Tice, 
It's got to be someone to step up, and we're hoping these guys can. It's guys we've talked about before, but no, starting at the X, 6'4", 214, Zach Gibson. We're excited for him. Expect him to be wide receiver one, to be honest. Who knows with that going into that game. But no, behind him, Jay Jones. So this is the position, 6'4", 6'3", that we like both of those guys to come into the game and be good. Cause we also mentioned Javon Hawes is not on the roster anymore. He would have fit this mold right here as well. Noah, uh, your opinion on those two making that and then go ahead and narrow us out for the rest of the receiving group. Yeah, obviously. Um, I think Isaiah making the trips, probably a big step. I'm not sure if he, so I'm not sure if, if Avante will make the trip now. So I'd say if Isaiah wasn't make the trip, that would be uh, not a, that would be a negative in the injury uh, department. But, yeah, I mean, Zach Gibson, he took some steps last year. We expect him to take more. Um, he's trying – he's playing that more possession receiver role like Landon Lenore, um, a guy that's going to catch it not going to – not really going to break away speed, him or Jay Jones. But um, I like that position. I like the big body receivers. Um, going on the other side of the ball, um, a guy that has his first two years – here. First two years here has been injured. Um, he, he could be a special player in Deontay Cox. Um, uh, Nick Baker was asked about him in his interview today, but um, we saw him at SEMO. He could, he's a, they're, they're two different type of player, players, him and his brother. Uh, Nick Baker said they're twins, but they play completely different. Um, this is a more of a speed guy that can uh, take sweeps and stuff and uh, get, get over the top of uh, covered and stuff, but right behind Deontay, uh, TJ Atkins, redshirt freshman. Um, I really like him. He can he can show some promise this year if he gets a chance. Um, then the big surprise is really on on the receiver groups. Uh, was this H spot the slot really? Um, we saw it. Uh, I think we had Deontay in that spot, but with injuries, um, Dayton Mitchell, a redshirt freshman. Uh, get an opportunity to step up in that role. Then right behind him, a uh, guy that we really, really know nothing about is former video guy, Devin Walton. So he was making plays in spring game. So these two must've really had a good camp, really surprised not to see a Bryce Miller in that position, uh, but be able to see uh, those two take that step. That means they've had a really good camp and they've, um, uh, being in that slot, so possession guys that dink and up, find that first down light, find that first down marker, and make the play. So, uh, Dayton Mitchell, um, out of Missouri for a retro freshman, uh, excited to see what he can do in that slot, slot role. Yeah, you're right, and you're right. Not seeing Bryce Miller is interesting. We don't know if he's hurt, uh, or not, which we would expect a veteran like that to come in here and do it. But if he's not, he got here late, we know a couple of these transfers probably got in a little later into the summer and early fall, who knows? So uh, a lot of these guys that have been here and definitely have earned these at earned these. And we mentioned how we're kind of skeptical on how this could go with this receiver group, but it, you know, it, it can be, cause if, if, if it doesn't work with that, and as long as Nick is protected when he throws and if it doesn't work out, we know we got Javon to make things happen. We know we got good running backs and stuff. So I think it's definitely fine. It's crazy seeing a guy who's a video guy, back up or in the slot like that is kind of crazy to me but yeah it shows that he's worked hard and caught a touchdown in the spring game and stuff so I do think you know I think we'll be all right here you're right Deontay he's a slant machine we know that's kind of play he got hurt on in SEMO and you're right Nick said that they're kind of they're both fast and quick they're twins but they're kind of different still in the same way Avante's clearly a better player 
but I think we'll be able to rely on Deontay this year. Imagine when we get uh, Avante and Isaiah back, we can have Deontay used in a lot of different ways as well. TJ Atkins, you're right, I like him too. So I like this, and we know some other guys that are falling and behind, but I, I don't mind this. Like I said, if all if it fails, I'm sure they got backup plans, but I, they count on these guys, and you're right. Zach Gibson will play that role to where he'll be like reliable. You know he can catch anything that's thrown at him. So excited for that, Noah. Now, now dive into our offensive line here. We mentioned there's – and I would say we were definitely not right on this. For the mo- we were right on a couple of them, but definitely some that caught us by surprise. And maybe even who's not on here, but no, I'll dive into this O line. Yeah, uh, starting uh, where we had him, uh, we talked a little bit about him. Left tackle uh, will be sophomore at six four three seventeen. Jake Green this year. Um, he's played. He's played a little bit for us here and there. Uh, filling in, but he's going to take that left tackle role, be that blind side uh, blocker to protect uh, Nick Baker's blind side. Um, so that's that's important. Right behind him, Colin Smith, the redshirt freshman, Eastern Michigan transfer. Um, excited to see what those two can have. I mean, Nick Baker said in his interview today, um, we got to have nine nine guys ready to play. So those two at left tackle is a really good one-two. Then going sliding in to their right, uh, redshirt freshman Sam Buck. Excited to see Sam play. Um, he's out of our backyard in Highland, Illinois. So I'm um, excited that Sam has won the opportunity to start left guard. Um, obviously, we know who's been our left guard for the last feels like forever in Xavion. So hopefully, he's learned behind him pretty well. Then we know Derek Harden Jr. Um, is behind Sam, but we know Derek uh, got injured last year. So I like the one-two there. Um, so uh, at the left tackle, left guard, uh, pretty. I like I like Sam. I like Jake, um, but the two behind him are just as good. You're right. We did predict Jake correctly. <clears throat> Excuse me, because Nick, you know, kind of predicted that and talked about him and stuff and said how how can he have a hamstring injury? You don't see that, but that is good. He's actually the heaviest on these guys that are starting, which is good, and he is the tallest. Uh, him and Bo, obviously, are around the same size and whatever. And we know Bo did the job last year. We'll get to him. But, yeah, I do like that. Cohen, it's good to see Cohen on here because he is so big that it's like you – and he was a good recruit coming out of high school. <clears throat> so you can keep tapping into him. I do like having him there. And you're right, Sam Buck, we've been talking about him for a little bit. It's good to see him earn this. And Derek Harden Jr., knowing that he's healthy, ready to go, because he could have filled in when Wormsley and, uh, you know, Calvin got hurt last year. And you're right, Zevion. Uh, it's great to see him on the staff. So he'll be helping with he'll be helping with uh, Clark, Coach Clark, you know, to help this offensive line group. I cannot wait for that, Noah. So let's talk about center, which pretty much came at a surprise for sure. Yeah, we didn't know exactly uh, who would be there or where injuries would, but injuries from last year play a part. We know Calvin Francis played a lot of center until he got hurt last year. Then Jimmy Wormsley, um, no longer with the team, so. Um, Jacob Koffel, I think that's how Mike Reese pronounced it today because he talked to uh, Nick Baker about him, six foot, 268 junior. Not sure if he's six foot because Nick Baker and Mike joked how he's a little guy. So if, if they're joking if he's a little guy and Nick Baker's talking if he's little, it's not very big at center. But right behind him, Ethan Tyler, a redshirt freshman, another young promising offense lineman behind him. So um, interesting to see. Um, that we figured out that I guess Calvin's still hurt and uh, Jimmy Wormsley is no longer with the team. 
Yeah, it's surprising. Jimmy's been here a long time. Maybe he just ended up calling it quits and stuff, which is weird. We know because then you mentioned Cole Stewart earlier. Didn't Cole Stewart have another year and he just ended up just not coming back and he started a career? He's working for a team. I can't think of who it is off the top of my head, but you're right. And it does say junior for Jacob on here, which is what we knew he was, even though the website said he's not. You're right. We thought Calvin would be ready to this point, but you know, it is what it is. And um, like I said, the injured guys just aren't on here. Maybe we'll see him along the way, but if Jacob plays well, then it's his job for sure. Six foot, you're right. That is pretty short. But if he's good, we know he's probably was pretty good at Austin P and stuff. So it's good seeing that. And then you have his backup, yeah, who's three inches taller. So and about twenty pounds heavier. But I I do like that. Like you need, you know, it, you don't want your if your interior guys are kind of shorter. We know Zevian was kind of shorter, but that's why he didn't make it the next level. But that's fine as long as they're strong and can protect bull rushes and all that kind of stuff. That's honestly nice. I, I don't mind that at all, Noah. So the next two we're really familiar with on the right side, and then some of their backups are interesting. Let's dive into that. Yeah, right guard, you got Chase Evans, um, a sophomore here, 6'3", 290, um, played and started in 12 games, only missing the Youngstown State game in 2021 as a freshman. So a lot of he's played a lot of experience, I think, in the spring season. He played in six games as well, so um, – He's seen a lot. Then right behind him out of our backyard, like you mentioned, Jackson Saley. He's a 6'4 sophomore out of West Frankfurt. So love to see Jackson get an opportunity as a local kid out of our backyard to win a job on this team. So he'll be ready if something happens. And at right tackle, who we thought, we've heard interviews, thought he was moving inside to play guard this year. But I guess with injuries, uh, Bo Branion starting right tackle. So um, junior, 6'4", 296. So we thought he was moving inside, but backing him up, I thought we we had Obdu starting right tackle because we thought um, we had some guys playing inside. But uh, we noticed um, no longer on the roster after seeing this depth chart, we had to look on the roster. We had no idea that Lucas Davis no longer with the program. So find that interesting. He was our right tackle for – several years now been a really good right tackle and we battle a little bit of injuries here and there but Bo you're right tackle for now yeah and I think they because you're right because we we predicted uh Torrey to get it because he's been running with the ones and stuff and that shows that Bo had been dealing with something to where he wasn't you know a, a, you know able to be it to you know, for the where the pictures caught it but it was his job probably and things can change clearly and maybe it shows how good Chase or Sam was to where you can move Bo back out there. Like I said, a guy that you can trust. Like I said, things can change. So you're right, not bad. And you're right, Lucas Davis, that is really strange. I think he did – we talked about the O-line being iffy last year, but I think he did a you know a nice job. And, and obviously we want depth, and we know we lost uh, – what's his name the other day. So it's – but we'll go back to what Justin Strong said. The offensive line is solid. So we're, we'll we'll stick to it because I'm, I'm sure these guys, you know, have been – going with the ones and stuff to this point, like I said, maybe things change here at the very end potentially, but you know, we'll, we'll believe Justin's word for it and see it pan out. So Jake green at left tackle, Sam buck at left guard, Jacob say it again. How did he pronounce it? I think coffle coffle. That makes sense. Coffle at center and he's new, obviously chase Evans at right guard and Bo Brandon at right tackle. So keep an eye out for those guys leading the way on Saturday night, and who knows moving forward if everything goes to plan. We like those backups, but it's weird seeing some guys not on the roster or hurt. So that's yeah, all a big weight. Just some Go names ahead. Just some names that 
kind of surprising. You do not see on that too deep. Sam Newman, we know we played a little bit last year, the Juco guy we got last year. Um, then retro freshman, huge player, and John Nally. Kind of disappointed not seeing him in that, uh, one, at least on the two deep at one of the tackle spots. But um, then uh, we know we know we got some younger guys behind them, true freshmen. So uh, maybe those guys be ready, but uh, we know injuries happen um, in football. So excited for this group. Um, hopefully um, the run game is improved for our running backs and help protect Nick Baker. So excited for those starting five. For sure. You're right. Uh, not seeing uh, Sam Newman is interesting as well. A guy that we've been talking about for a while. You're right. And uh, John Nally, you know, you were excited when he first got here and he is huge and he was on the day in the life with Nick Hill, you know, just, you know, seeing him going to eat and stuff. So he's obviously here, but he is ready to fill a backup role if need be. You're right. Hopefully our run game can be for sure better this year so looking forward to seeing those guys on saturday so no there's the offense like we said it's it's you know down with injuries and stuff so we'll see how that like i said there's a lot of guys still on there that we can rely on if things go south so looking forward to that now let's get into this defense too deep noah there is uh, a couple surprises but actually not really it's just of who's starting over who kind of thing and one position group is actually spot on and perfect we're looking forward to that but no let's dive into the what it is on here first, defensive end, Richie Haggerty, we know he's going to be our best edge rusher this year. He was really good in the like in the third role last year behind you-know-who. But it's, it's his job now, Noah. It's his defensive line to lead, and we're thinking he's going to put up some stats this year. Behind him is Raquan Lindsey, which we talked about when we went over it, that that's about really that's about perfect for a backup, a guy that's been here, done that with Raquan and can you know be productive. That's a perfect backup for him. Uh, uh, I'll start on the other end, and then I'll let you go inside. Nick Okiki, we've talked about him from Louisville. That uh, he was one of these later edition kind of guys over the last couple months, Noah. But he's he's went there and he's made his mark, and that's good to see because we know RJ Rebo is not on here um, dealing with an injury. I'm sure we'll see him on the sideline if they show the sideline. We talked about how in the start of the season we're able to actually see it in the first game and see everything happen, but. He'll probably go. He he'll still be in a sling. Probably he was going to be our starter. We predicted, but on Nico Kiki, I, I do like that. Uh, like I said, he's a senior. He brings experience, and hopefully, he can be a wrecker with Richie on the other side. Yeah, Nico Kiki, um, a guy that just came come, comes in from Louisville, played in forty five career games for them, including twelve starts. So an experienced guy. Um, when we signed him, it said linebacker, but I. Felt like more he was more of a stand-up guy on that defensive end spot. So uh, interesting. You have we've had in the years past uh, with Anthony and Jordan, we've had guys with like Richie more hand in the dirt. But I feel like Nick is that guy that's more of a stand-up edge rusher um, than your guy Lewis behind him. I like that one-two punch. I'd love to see Lewis yeah. get some opportunities here um, on that defense as a redshirt freshman out of the Memphis area. So yeah, um, I think. We, we thought Lewis was going to be kind of like a he, – he's a freak, so it's not surprising to see him on the outside, but he seemed like more of an inside guy. But we got that taken care of. It is good to see. I like him a lot. I think he's really talented. We know he shined on special teams and, you know, workouts and stuff. We'll see him on there as well, but that is great to see. I like seeing that. Yeah, so we're really set up. I, I really like the four guys. We're at that Ed Rusher spot. We have some depth behind them if needed. But moving on the inside, um, we saw these four – Taking a picture, I believe it was on Monday, 
uh, SIU football said game week. We saw these four, uh, two starting D tackles and Keegan Agnew, um, a guy that's been nothing but incredible for the time he's been here. It feels like he's been here forever. Um, then Cam Bowdry, a transfer we got in um, from UT Martin a couple years ago. So those two starting behind them and Dante Cleveland in his last year. Then Devin Love, who's really found his role in this team now. So um, those four, then we got some guys behind them if needed. But those four on the two deep, um, hopefully can – we know we had last year in Kevin, Glace, Kevin Glacian and Giannini. So um, we're going to need a lot from those four. For sure, and Galatian and Giannini left their mark on the Kansas State game, of all things. And both of them, you know, we know Kevin had trouble staying healthy. Uh, so they were perfect last year. We know uh, Giannini is off to Indiana State. But uh, I remember, uh, remember, didn't one Kevin Galatian say that the dude who went to North Dakota State, that tackle from San Diego, actually was like a reason why we even got Kevin last year. So, And it worked out for us for a short time, there. but you're right. They almost gave it away. The four guys on that picture are the ones that are on here. We do know the ones that are behind them, right? Uh, you, you can dive into like uh, Caleb Washington and people like that. We discussed in the last one. I do like these four. I think Cam Bowdery, who's experienced, UT Martin, we know. Keenan's been around here forever. Works, And we Justin Strong said that these guys are scary or monstrous or whatever the word he used. So that's a good sign. No, yeah, We're hoping that because we were a terrible uh, run – uh, stuffing team last year, probably one of the worst in the whole FCS. So we're looking at, for that to be better in that regard. But no, a couple guys behind them that we could see as well. I mentioned one of them there. Anybody else you know of? Yeah, we know that we have uh, obviously coming back from injury, Zade Hamden, uh, the James Madison transfer that will play on that interior D line. Um, behind them, we have, we know the Reeves brothers. We know I think one of them got hurt in the spring. Uh, I can't remember which one. But we know Jalen Banks, we talked about he could be one of the freshmen um, to step up and maybe play right away. Uh, but didn't also on, talk a little bit more on the edge guys behind uh, the guys on the two deep. We have Adam Hundemere, who just plays out with relentless effort. Um, he's been really solid for us. Then yeah, Dewey I think Green. he'll be key for us this year, too. Yeah, then Dewey Green also um, showed some promise. He's just a freak athlete. So, yeah. Uh, Really like that D-line. Hopefully it can be um, as consistent and as good as what we've had in the recent past. So uh, a lot of guys able to step up and find their role on this team. For sure. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned those because Hundemer definitely had some huge plays last year. And uh, uh, who else did you say? I'm sorry. I already blanked out on who the other uh, one you said was. Dewey Green. Dewey Green. We know he's a he's a freak. And he had his moments last year as well, and he's been here a while. So I, I do like because we talked about how we're going to be revolving door a lot of this. So these two D or these guys behind them will get the second share of it. But these, you know, I, I'm I'm excited for the depth of every end of that defensive line because it was we had stars last year, but we didn't, and we had some production. But I think we're going to get a whole you know wider span of production with this group. So no, let's dive into the linebackers. Like we said, probably the deepest position on the whole team. Some surprises. And I'd say the only surprise is there's no Mikel Calhoun. We talked about that earlier because he's hurt, apparently. We know he's been a pivotal part of this program for a long time and everything that he can do. Um, so we're thinking we're not going to see him due to injury to start the year, but hopefully – and maybe he just maybe he's healthy and he just didn't make it. That just shows you how good some of these other guys are playing. So, no, let's start off with uh, the outside guys. Or Jakari, 
talked about Nick Hill, was talking endlessly about him, about how he's going to think he's going to break out this year. Remember, he had a club on his hand the end of last year. Uh, really good. We know he had the two, big two-point conversion stuff. Him and Mikel did, actually, last year. So we can count on them to be sideline-to-sideline kind of guys. Dune Smith behind him, we know he's going to be a key special teamer as well, potentially from Pittsburgh. We talked about him. That's a good backup for him. Uh, and then, Noah, we'll talk about – uh, middle linebacker here, which is only a surprise would be – and it's not surprising who's starting, that's for sure. Branson Combs coming in, wearing the green dot, it seems like, no, which is a big thing for a guy It's only going to be in his second year on defense. But we know he's been in all the interviews. They trust him. Green dot seems whatever, you know, 6'3", 224. We talked about how maybe a thicker guy to play middle. But, Noah, he's – I mean, he's every – I mean, he, he weighs more than George Douglas, apparently, who's backing him up. But, Noah, Branson getting the green dot maybe is big time. Yeah, that's a that shows you the maturity he's already had on that second year of that defense. Um, him starting at that middle linebacker, taking what's been uh, really, really good guys. Um, so that's a tough spot to play. But George Douglas being behind him, uh, then uh, at the will linebacker position, Chris Harris Jr. or another our second or and our uh, our final or on this two deep or Zach Barola. So those two guys at that will linebacker position is going to be interesting to watch. We know Zach is a big special teams guy. Um, but, yeah, no Michael. We don't know what's going on there. But uh, those are guys that can just rotate, and we can keep them fresh almost. That's how good we've talked about this depth is on this linebackers. Yeah, I know. And it wouldn't have surprised us either seeing Zach a starter. And it does. It has him and Chris Harris as or. So either one of them. We know Chris is coming uh, and going to be a pivotal part of this as well. I've been excited from him from the get-go. Seems like a gamer and a tough dude. But Barolas is going to be ever so important. You're right. If he's still like the king of special teams along with being important on this, you know, revolving door of the front seven. I mean, all for that for sure. Him and Branson have come a long way. And they're doing it together, which I think is really cool. They're around the same age, and there are like our there are cornerstone guys. We can rely on them. We like these new guys, but we know we can count on these guys. And like I said, Branson earning this and the green dot and everything is just incredible. Can't wait to see how this plays out. But we do know of a couple more potential backups just in case. We know a lot of these guys are durable, but just in case, and maybe the, these other guys are special teamers. Yeah, there's a lot of minus McHale that you don't see on the two deep. There's not other linebackers on the team. Uh, we know we got a transfer where we haven't heard really anything about from Michigan State and Samuel Edwards, another linebacker. He could be like uh, last couple of years we had Purdue transfer and Tim Johns, really a special teams guy. So that's interesting there. We do know uh, Michigan State is where from uh, – why am I slipping his name? New special teams coach came from. Dalman. Dalman, yeah, he came, that's, from. he came from Michigan State. So maybe a connection there. Loved him on special teams up there, brought him here. I don't know. Uh, then Shane Roth, great retro, point. Or Shane Roth, redshirt freshman from Naperville, uh, could see him make some. Um, then there's some freshmen. Uh, ben, ben Bogle, yeah, Ben Bogle. He's a tackling machine. Led the state of Florida in tackles, and also outside linebacker Corey McCollop, a redshirt freshman from or a freshman from Jacksonville, Florida. So um, there's a couple guys, younger guys, really stacked behind these guys. So. Uh, like we said, this is our probably our deepest group on this team. Yeah, I can't wait when I watch the game Saturday. I'll be keeping an eye out 
especially when we're on defense, but definitely the linebacking quarters to see how they go. But you're right, Ben Bogle, we'll be hearing his name down the road. We're both excited for him, what he can do as well. So now Noah, the DBs, uh, the starters are about as perfect, honestly, and the backups. Definitely a corner for the backups for both for these starters are about as perfect as you can get. You know, the preseason All-American, P.J. Jules, one of the best in the country. Hopefully he gets thrown at, like we've said, so he can make plays. He's starting on one end, Noah, and then you get D.J. Johnson, who we had the interview with last week, talking about it, and he's been around. It's great to see him earn the startings job, but Noah, behind these guys, we got Colin Hurd, who we're excited for. He quoted the the uh, schedule poster and said how pumped he is. We got him backing up P.J., and then David Miller, who we know was all freshman last year, had three picks in the span of three or four games at the end of last year, backing up DJ. No, that's about as perfect as you can get for our corners. And we know James Caesar was an All-American, got hurt last year. We're as deep as we've ever been now, a corner, and it's exciting. Yeah, it's uh, pretty incredible what kind of depth they have, really at every position, but this really this defensive unit, the depth we've created, we know um, – We've talked about it many times, how how often our defense is on the field. So depth is key. But, yeah, seeing, obviously, P.J. and D.J. Uh, starting. I mean, P.J. has been an absolute monster, doesn't get thrown at. So on the other side, having a guy like D.J., uh, then David Miller backing him up. David did great coming in, stepping in last year uh, when Caesar went down. So seeing D.J. win that spot, finally getting back, he said he had a – the interview he had said he hadn't went through X like we talked last podcast, but he hadn't had a winter winter workouts in spring season in a long time. So he finally gets back in that groove and he earns a starting role. Then Colin Hurd, uh, really special player at Colgate. He's a grad transfer now, so excited to see what he does behind that. Then behind them, uh, we know we got young guys and Dre Newman, a special teams ace. We loved seeing him on special teams. I bet Dalman loves him. Uh, then a guy we were really excited about getting last year, uh, 6'2", 185, redshirt freshman, Levi McAfee. Expect him to see him on special teams this year after redshirting. Then we another corner we have is Mark Davis, transferring from Buffalo. So uh, we know we also have coming in, expect him to redshirt, though, and Charles Young. So uh, a lot of depth on this corner, but those top four guys are uh, going to be hard to beat. I know, and we talked about how a lot of these guys can play the slot, nickel, all this stuff. So we're expecting all of them, a lot of them, three, four, seven at times to be on the field at the same time. So uh, that'll be great to see. I, I see Colin Hurd being a big slot guy. So who knows? And we know David Miller can play that as well. So excited for that group for sure. Now to safety, the two guys we expected to start from the get-go, I think they developed a relationship <clears throat> ever since he's been – and since Antonio's been here. And we know Clayton entered the portal, but he's back. Thankfully, no, these guys are going to make some plays back there. Clayton Bush and Antonio Fletcher, like we said, we predicted this from the get-go. They're both going to star, I think, back there. I think they were definitely starters from the get-go. And then behind them, we got Jeff Wells and then Easton Wolf backing both of them up. Noah, besides – Give your thoughts on that and then potentially who's behind them as well on special teams. And the, those two backups will be on there as well because Clayton and Antonio will be hard to keep those guys off the field. Yeah, obviously having Clayton back is big at that at that spot. Uh, we know he plays center field back there. And uh, Antonio Fletcher, I mean, having him in number seven, having a zero and seven back there, I'm not sure you're going to see much of a difference. We know how good Quay Brown was, but 
Antonio's really a really good athlete and excited to see him play. Uh, then Easton Wolf, we know how many great camps we've had since we started this podcast. Easton Wolf, interception, having really good camps. Excited that he's earned this opportunity to be a backup here. Uh, and obviously Wells, I mean, he's been special teams a little bit here and there, but excited to see what he does there. But um, another one, I guess, maybe injury, Iverson Brown. Not yeah, I'm kind of surprised seeing him not being on there. Um, so don't know what's going on. Obviously, we have no, we don't get to see or we don't hear injury updates a lot. So uh, then another safety and C.J. Parson, um, a redshirt freshman out of Memphis. So um, Iverson's probably the biggest question mark. Where is he hurt? I don't know. Maybe we'll find out uh, after this weekend. For sure, yeah, we were expecting him. He could play both positions for sure and do it well. I think that that was a big gift that we were getting. So maybe he can fill in at some point. You're right. Uh, Jeff Wells, we know he's a photographer, and he has worked hard to earn this opportunity because outside of guys being hurt, yeah, he's earned the backup role. And Easton Wolf being 6'3", is, that can be a record, strong safety. So a lot of mixing and match in there, but we do have our starters in the secondary. Excited for all that. Like I said, linebackers and second, all of the whole defense. I cannot wait to watch on Saturday night. So excited for all those guys. Uh, like, like we said, our defense had holes last year. We're expecting to uh, close up those holes this year and be a really quality group because all those guys on the secondary have been preaching that they've been good this whole time. So and we're looking to get R.J. Rebo, and we mentioned uh, – no, we'd be remiss if we didn't say uh, – we mentioned him last time, Ohio State James Madison. can't believe his name. Goodness. Uh, Zade Hamden, we mentioned him earlier. Zade, yeah, mentioned him earlier. He's He's got to be hopefully, you know, healthy at some point and factor in. But if these are our, our main four guys on the defensive line, then it is what it is. But I'd like to see those other guys and RJ Rebo coming in, wreaking havoc as well. So solid, solid defense. Excited for it. Now, no, let's, let's talk about the special teams here. We weren't wrong on anything here at all. I don't think maybe the returners will get to that. But no, Jake Bumgard, as we know, starting, we just breeze through this because we are pretty much right on everything. Uh, Bumgard at tackle. Thomas Burks backing him up, but Noah Thomas Burks on kickoff, which he must have a strong leg. That must be why they brought him in. We know the revolving door of guys we brought in recently for that. But no, that's good to see him and then Jake backing him up just in case. But Burke must have a, a cannon on that leg. Yeah, he must be a kickoff specialist. I mean, uh, maybe he has the uh, onside kicks up his sleeve. Maybe he's pretty good um, at different angles like that. And maybe, yeah, maybe hopefully he has a a leg like Nico, I'm not sure if we can find one like that, but put it in the back of the end zone. Um, I know a lot of coaches like to see some kickoffs, maybe tr- cause turnovers and momentum, but I just like to see him put it through the back of the end zone and get just let our defense go out there uh, after the touchback. So, yeah, lo- love seeing Jake um, being that place kicker. Uh, then also kicking-wise, not surprised here. Nathan Torney, the 6'4", 186-pound freshman out of Australia. Uh, then good to see Chase Reeves finding a role in this team. He is our backup punter. We know we the last couple of years we've had a couple punters on the roster, but only one, so Chase has uh, found a role. Yeah, it's good to see. We were – you're right. We don't want to see – we don't want to see all the action, even though the players want to. I'm sure Dalman wants to see the action on special teams, and we mentioned how – I mean, it can be scary. You never know what other teams have back there in the backfield. So 
you know, if you kick out of the end of the end zone so we don't have to find out. So for sure, Ross Pedro starting uh, long snapper and Matt Durham behind him. And then Noah Nick Baker is the official holder, which, you know, if you trust him, it is what it is. We know Nathan Torney's backing him up. That's who it should, just should be. The punter should always be the holder. But if you trust Nick, just keep him safe as you do it. And then Noah uh, returners. Uh, we mentioned who the heck could it be if Isaiah wasn't playing Avante, but we know it's always the guys that we, uh, you know, even core offensive guys. But punt returner, it's Clayton. We know he could do it. We talked about him being potentially here and Javon bagging him up. So I think Clayton would be more prone to give a ball up than Javon because Javon almost never has. Uh, but as long as Javon's not back there getting hurt, that's fine. And then Noah, kick returner, Roe Elliott, and Justin Strong. Two running backs. We know running back has been a thing in the back for a while. DJ Davis got hurt on it at Arkansas State. We don't really like that either, Noah. But, again, if it's guys you trust, what are your what are your opinion on both return spots? Yeah, it's uh, – we know Javon's been – got banged up, I guess, on special teams in practice. So, uh, maybe Clayton Bush. I mean, those are two guys we trust as well. Uh, then Roe and Justin, yeah, we've seen it with DJ Davis before and back there on the running backs. So uh, two guys you trust trust with the ball in their hand. So if they can take one out, uh, we talked about it um, all off season. Do we can we bring in a guy that's really good at uh, maybe taking one of those back? We know Charles Young is really good at it. He was in high school, um, but we're expecting him probably to redshirt. So. Uh, really good options there, guys that you trust to uh, take care of the football. For, without a doubt. So there is the full depth chart. We like what we see offensively. Who knows? You know, a lot of injuries there and a lot of fill-in. That could be, I think, where we could struggle with to start the year and definitely on Saturday. I don't think we have any, you know, worries about what the defense could potentially do. We know Incarnate Ward's got a nice offense. Again, we'll get to them at some point. But, Noah, your final thoughts on here, because we'll also talk about uh, – or we can just dive in it right away. Maybe a top ten most valuable, important players on the team. We could just kind of do this off the rip and not even finish it. But we went, I saw it, and it kind of gave me an idea of wanting to do it. Uh, so any final thoughts on the depth chart before we jump into that? Yeah, really excited to see – um, obviously there's been some guys that put the work in and earned some spots. So I was excited to see those guys. Um, obviously I'm excited to see, um, what this offensive line is made of. Hopefully it's improved in the run game. So, um, excited, just excited overall, obviously. But, um, like I said, there's some guys that's earned some spots. So excited to see what work they've put in and what they look like. For sure. Excited to see it. So let's, let's try to narrow down these, these top 10, most important. No, I think, and we talked about it before. I think easy number one, and it's on his shoulders as it is all the time, every game, every season. Nick Baker's number one of most important players. The ball's going to be in his hands, and we'll get to his interview. Touching up, we already touched on a lot of it, but decision making, he's looking to, uh, you know, improve and not turn it over as much, and that's the biggest thing. So, no, we can say that he's number one. Who would you say would be a number two of most important? And I'm sure everyone we list off the, off the rip here, like I said you know, from one to whatever that we'll agree on. And so who would you say would be two on either side of the ball, anything, or a, like a set of guys, like a tandem or whatever, you know, what I'm trying to talk about. I think I know who you're going to put it to. So go ahead and lay it on us. Yeah. You're probably thinking I'd say that offensive line as a position group. Uh, I mean, that's really important, um, but I'm going to go elsewhere. I'm going to say PJ Jules. I mean, he, he needs to be that lockdown corner um, that we've had. 
so many years. He needs to continue what he's been doing. So if PJ can continue to be that lockdown guy and take away either – I know he doesn't, we don't move around corners a lot, but whoever he has, if we can lock down one of the top receivers on another squad, which we have one this weekend he's got to go against. So uh, I'll say PJ. It's a great answer, really, and you're right. If they avoid him, that means even D.J. Johnson could be in this top ten potentially. It was always whoever was on the other side of P.J., and that was David Miller last year. And he struggled at the beginning a lot and then got those interceptions at the end and grew on it a little bit. So I do like that. And then I'll go with the offensive line position group here. You're right. We need it to be better, and if some are hurt, some guys are filling in, they need to be pivotal. Uh, without a doubt, like we said, we want to improve in every facet with the line. So I would put them at three. Uh, who would you put it for? I'm thinking maybe Javon at this spot, knowing if he's healthy and can do everything we would want him to do and need him to do. That seems like Javon would be perfect for this spot. Like I said, especially in a game like Saturday, if, like I said, if everything goes south potentially and throwing the ball, you know you have a Javon Williams to, heck, carry it every time, and it might not work, but he, we know he can also throw and receive and stuff. So who would you put it for? Yeah, Javon would probably be the probably be the definite answer right there. I mean – um, like you just said, everything you just said is correct. I mean, he's a guy that we're going to need to be healthy um, all season long. And at five, but right behind him, I mean, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put it right on his shoulders. He's taken over for Bryson Strong. He's taken over for Bryce Notre. Uh, Branson Combs, I mean, if he's starting wearing that green dot like we assume he will be, that's a big position to take over. So at five, I'll go Branson Combs. Agree with that for sure. He's got a, definitely a lot of on, on his shoulders, and I think he's definitely going to be able to run with it, do well. Uh, yeah, for six now, I think uh, I want to go Jake because I feel like not only do you got to fill the shoes, you got to be able to make the kicks. If we are not able to obviously score, Nick said he wanted to be better. Both Nicks would sure tell us, but Nick Baker said he wanted to be better in the red area. I think a bum guard should definitely be like at least in the middle here. We're counting on him to be consistent, but I feel like he's definitely got to do it. If we don't, not able to score, we need three points. He's got to be consistent. I would put him at six, Noah, because uh, other than that, I think the next one on this list that yeah, I you would could say, definitely, would at you agree? Six, yeah, six, you could definitely, I mean, since you, we use the offensive line group, you could say the specialist group as a whole, especially yeah. Nathan Torney stepping in as a freshman. We know he's probably older than what a usual freshman is coming from a punting academy. So you could almost say as a specialist group as a whole. Great point. You're right. Because not only did it get three points, but we want to be able to flip the field pretty well. Uh, 100%. And we're counting on both those guys for that. I would agree. You put I would say them at six. No, if I would have put seven, I think there's some other players that we can count on. But I think there's just so much riding on him from the since he's been here that it's on his shoulders to be what he wants to be. The next Quay Brown, the next Jeremy Chin of this defense also making plays. I think Antonio – has some pressure on him to be good. You know, he hypes himself up a lot. Draft diamonds, he was there. So he's got it already on him to an extent. I've liked him since the beginning of his ability to make those plays potentially. We know his family's involved on Twitter as well. Would you agree, Noah, number seven, Antonio Fletcher at number seven with, you know, with his expectations, I feel like, that have been big since he's arrived? Yeah, obviously stepping in that, like we said, Quay Brown role, being at that safety spot, uh, that's definitely pretty good answer then at eight i mean uh obviously with the injuries at this this position i think zach gibson uh really you could say the wide receiver group and zach gibson slash deontay cox 
um, at this eight spot because with the injuries we have, we need guys to step up for Nick Baker. You're right. Honestly, these guys could be up higher. I'm not sure why I didn't think it. Definitely for week one, for sure, to get the job done. And even we wouldn't have Avante and Isaiah. They're arguably in the top five as well. So that's why it's hard to do. If we were to like be well prepared for this and we would be able to narrow it down, since we're doing off the top of the head because we want to kind of get through this, for sure, the whole wide receiver group for week one and moving forward with Avante and Isaiah, without a doubt, need to be up there high. And, you know, you know, even Tice, I mean, even, I mean, Justin Strong, he was so good last year in every facet. He said he wants to improve. He's got more motivation. He's got to finish this out. Like I said, Tice has to finish this out. Jacob, we mentioned Jacob Garrett. He's got to be in the top 10 with how important he can be and maybe something that we missed last year that Cole Stewart really couldn't provide. I mean, Jacob Garrett's got to be in the top 10, Noah. So would you say that's how we finish this out? I would put Jacob at 10. The nine, um, I would round out. With number nine, it's a guy that's – he was really good as a backup, but he is now a starter on this team and replacing guys like Anthony Knight and, and Jordan Burner. I think Richie Haggerty has to have a huge year uh, for that defense. You're right. We could say the whole D-line. We you know have already done tandems at this point. Richie, for sure, he's got to get to the QB. He's got to be a sack machine. And you're right, and we could put the whole defensive line because we got to stop the run better. So it is tough to do. Uh, like I said, if we narrowed it down, we could have, probably could have had an actual 10. But that is a great 10, I think. So a lot of important pieces on this team for us to continue our winning ways. So, Noah, let's segue now. Something We already went through the schedule earlier, and we had it on here if you want to go through it. Maybe record predictions, you know, in games that we think, obviously, if we can win or lose, and we'll go through them all as time goes on when we get to those points. Do you want to run through that? Yeah, we can do that real quick. Uh, record record prediction for me, um, I know the last couple of years we've had – playing in the Valley is tough. Um, but for me this year, uh, we know we do predictions every week, so we'll just give a record. Uh, for me, I think there's probably four losses on our schedule. Um, so – out of one, two, three, four, five, six, 11. seven, yeah, 11, 11 games, um, seven and four, I would say. Um, what was really, our record last year? We were like 10 and I don't even remember. I think honest. we had like five losses because the Youngstown, you know, that killed it. And we had it say two point conversion stops, could have been a lot more, but we were eight and five and I, last year. Right. Okay. And then we got in. So seven to four. Uh, so eight and five, that's 13 games. Is that counting? Like, obviously, like maybe at the end with the playoffs or something. Yeah. But, we play 11 okay. regular season games. So we ended up eight and five. So, uh, so, so narrow down the ones you think that seven and we'll four. lose here. Uh, yeah. It's really I think tough. I know two. Obviously, I definitely know two of them. Obviously, Northwestern um, is the probably one we drop. I think we're going to drop either one of the co uh, first conference road games in Illinois State, Missouri State probably. Um, obviously, end of the year, you get North Dakota State at home. That's a tough one. That is senior day. Do we have the extra ump to take down the top team in the country? Then that last one at the end of the year. So I see four losses on the schedule. Then this weekend obviously could be a loss. So uh, I see four losses no matter what on the schedule, unless we get stay healthy and we get our everybody back and just be really dominant. 
For sure. I think that's where it will narrow down to. Like if it is by week, you know, five, whenever we do play at Illinois state, if that could be like a, a trap game per se, even though we know there'll be quality and it's a tough place to play that we'll have everybody healthy and someone who's healthy now could be hurt. So that's just the name of the game with football. But uh, I think we should be able to, like, if we want to be the team we want to be, we need a, a game like that. I do think week one, and we'll get to that matchup, it will be tough with no of the true offensive weapons, but I think our defense could be enough. It's all wait and see, clearly. I like us in that game. SEMO at home. I'm not going to go through them all. I will say we will lose Northwestern, even though how, how great of a game that would be because Kansas State almost knocked them off. If we're healthy by week three, that would be great. But I'll, I'll say a loss there. Missouri State's always tough. We said we want to have that be kind of a rivalry, and it ha- kind of has been over the past two seasons. I will say I'll agree with your four losses, honestly, because well, if you Northwestern, Missouri State, I think, are ones. Northwestern for sure. Missouri State coin flip. Uh, we are at South Dakota again, as we talked about. You and I is ranked to start the year. Uh, you know, they lost a lot, so I think we would have an advantage being at home. Like I said, if we can be a better home team this year, North Dakota State for sure. I think I'll say three. So I'll have us at eight and three. You'll have us at seven and four. So everybody write us down for that for the end of the year of uh, of who was right and who was wrong, clearly. I'll say the three so far. I like, like I said, if we can be the team we, we need and want to be, then I think we can win a lot of these games that could be coin flips for sure. So I'll say the three. So we wanted to do that just to give us prediction – uh, before we dialed in here. And like I said, yeah, before every game, we will give our predictions, which is what we're about to do here shortly. Noah, we did talk about Nick had his interview with Mike, Nick Baker, and we already touched on most of the things. I think some other things that would have stuck out on that, what he's, he mentioned he did have a great conversation with Dan Clark on how, you know, his relationship with Jacob uh, Koffel, that he's really close with Dan Clark and stuff. He's working on his MBA. Mike reached out with him that he's jo- joining the NBA but he's got his NBA, he's working on that, and he's just trying to, you know, ne- close down on the turnovers again. And even though they said he kind of didn't turn it over a lot last year, even though he got sacked probably more than anybody, Jason Shelley had seven in the game. He's probably the leader, who knows. But, no, outside of that, what else stuck out to you of something that he said, like him himself? He's obviously got to be good for us. What else did he say specifically that he's got to improve on and what he wants to be good at? Yeah, he said his, his really main goal, uh, he wants to get at 70% or seventy completion percentage. Uh, I think Mike said that's up 5% from last yeah. year, so that's not really a big number. But he wants to be really – obviously, as a team, and Nick Hill said this, they want to be better in the red zone. So uh, that's another one. So, uh, yeah, then he – obviously, with Coach Clark, he has a relationship, and he said him and Jacob clicked right away once Jacob came on a visit. So – uh, that's cool to see, and now he's his starting center, so it's always have a good relationship like that. So uh, if you haven't listened to that yet, it just came out today, go check it out. Yeah, for sure. We always want to listen to what QB1's got to say each week, and he's he's you know he, he's never going to you know waver with confidence. So like I said, it's on his shoulders, and that's the kind of pressure as a QB you got to have, and we're going to stick him to it. So looking forward to see what Nick's got this weekend. Uh, we haven't – and we mentioned how Nick Hill might, usually has an interview – he might have one tomorrow if we miss it. Oh, well, you know, we, we'll have some things here to cover for week one. Anyway, so, Noah, we talked about – I remember saying forever about the uh, the uniforms, how we need new white jerseys that go with our maroon jerseys, and that's exactly what we got. As a sneak peek from Saluki Equipment of the combo this week, we do have the whites that are, like I said, similar to the maroons, which is cool. No, we're going all white, and everyone's going to see this on TV, except for the helmets – we would have loved to see an all-white. That's looked great in the past. But no, maroon helmets and maroon face masks. I would like to see maybe white. 
I guess to off the rip here, and we've always talked about how the maroon color is kind of, you know, it, it goes with the numbers, but that's just all about how things are made. It's not always going to go with it. But no, I, off the rip, I'm not really a huge fan of the maroon face mask. I would like maybe some black in there, potentially, or white. What do you think of the week one unis and our new white uniforms? Yeah, we've talked about maybe could be getting new uniforms. Uh, potentially, they haven't changed a whole lot, but I think they're pretty nice. I uh, love the white on white, um, the icy look. Um, yeah, I'm not a. Obviously, we've talked about so many times the maroons don't match on the helmet to the lettering on the jerseys, but uh, pretty nice so far. Um, good to see um, we got some new threads. I don't know. Looking forward to seeing that on TV this year. Uh, now, no, before we talk about our week one, which is what everybody's going to be wanting to hear, which we had still stuff to talk about, we'll get to them in a second, we promise. But no, let's talk about every everything else. And there's games going on right now, other FCS games and even in conference games that are going on tonight and this weekend. Either you can run through them all or just the notable ones. Go for it. Yeah, I can just run through the most notable ones. Um, we had some Missouri Valley teams kick off tonight. Indiana State hosting uh, North Alabama. Um, currently just started the second half. North Alabama is up on Indiana State, 7-6. to six. Um, Just some other notable ones. We know Campbell's supposed to be pretty good this year. They're up 20-3 to three on the Citadel. Um, some other teams in action. We know tonight um, that ETSU is up uh, six nothing. We know Western Illinois kicked off on the road at UT Martin tonight. Currently in the first quarter, seven nothing UT Martin. Uh, we know Western Illinois with a new coach. So see what direction that program is headed in. Then about to kick off on ESPN Plus, Missouri State's on the road at Central Arkansas. Um, get to see them in live action this year to start us off. Um, then just look at the rest of the Valley this weekend. Um, Saturday, obviously. Um, everybody should tune in if you're home on Saturday, 11 a.m. kickoff on Fox Sports 1, big chance. South Dakota State goes on the road at Iowa. That's a big opportunity for not only the Missouri Valley, but the, the Jackrabbits um, to see what happens there. Northern Iowa goes on the road at Air Force. Um, Youngstown State hosts Duquesne. North Dakota goes on the road at Nebraska. That should be an interesting one. Um, Drake going up to the Fargo Dome to play North Dakota State. That should be a blowout. And like we you mentioned earlier, South Dakota goes on the road at Kansas State. Um, so then at F on FS1, another FS1 opportunity for the Valley. Illinois State goes on the road to Wisconsin. So a big weekend ahead, a lot of opportunities to beat FBS teams for the Missouri Valley. A lot of good matchups, so you're right. South Dakota State-Iowa, everybody should be honed in on that matchup without a doubt. Murray State, we know they're joining next year. They are at Texas Tech, so a lot of big week one games for everybody. Uh, yeah, Illinois State at Wisconsin is massive as well. Uh, that's That should have been us a couple years ago in Wisconsin's 18th. We know Northwestern's not ranked, and Kansas State wasn't last year for us. Imagine doing that. Yeah, I feel bad for Drake, North Dakota State getting the banner Raise that will be a blowout. That is a they don't have the spread for that one yet. As for the Saturdays, and we'll get to the fact, but SEMO at Iowa State is huge. A lot of chances for everybody else. Um, but yeah, that South Dakota State Iowa game will be special. So, Noah, let's do it all so far on this episode. Let's dive into the Cardinals of Incarnate Word. We're excited for this one because we always like playing the teams that are all the way across or like all around the country, FCS, that 
Either we get a chance to play regular season or get a chance in the postseason. We know we were excited, you know, when we got when we did get into the playoffs last year, we had to play a conference opponent. So we always want to play someone we've never seen before. So no, we're getting our first taste of incarnate war. Let's dive into the Cardinals. Yeah, this is a uh, team who obviously we talked earlier what they are ranked um, with a new coach and um, see what they are made of. Um, Stadium number 14, like we said earlier, at the Stats Perform FCS top seat or top 25 preseason poll. Um, we're going to see what they're made of under first game under coach G.J. Kinney. Um, interesting to see how he does with this program. Um, he he was the co-offensive coordinator and the quarterbacks coach at University of Central Florida, so, so coming from a pretty good um, program with Kenny, see what happens with him um, under his first game, see what he does with this program. And there's a lot of talk about, obviously, this offense. Um, to talked about with their quarterback play. Obviously, can they, um, can they replace – or how do they replace one Cameron Cameron Ward, uh, who has moved on um, to Washington State, who made who is their QB one this year? Yeah, and and how how about doing that with Nichols transfer Lindsey Scott Jr. Um, Lindsey Scott Jr. Uh, pretty good quarterback last year for Nichols, so um, that's a tough place to try to replace Cameron Ward. Uh, who's like I said is at Washington State, uh, but this is a pretty good football team. They were ten and three last year. Um, played some close games. They lost the start of the year last year. Lost on the road in overtime to, at Youngstown, um, but made the playoffs. Beat Stephen S. Austin in overtime. Then went on the road at St. Houston. Lost by seven. So this is a team who brings who has a quarterback, new quarterback to the team. Um, who has Taylor Grimes, one of the best receivers in college football back. Um, he was on the Walter Payton Award list, uh, preseason All-American. Um, then on that defense, Kaleche Analabeche, um, one of their top defensive players, is also um, on the Buck Buchanan Award preseason loss list for the second season in a row, and he was a preseason All-American. Yeah, a lot of star power. Uh, you're right, just replacing coaches. That, that's where you think you can get them. And I think uh, we'll get to it. Are we going to say now? Matt Varney asked Nick Hill, right, about them having a new coach and how that can be different at times, right? And he really said there's, you know, they have time to, you know, figure things out and be different. So that, that'll be interesting, even though they're going to be a high-powered offense again. That's what Jared Petrino said, uh, uh, the coordinator on the last pod sometime last month about how they're, you know, going to be a high, another high uh, scoring offense again. You're right. And, but you're right. Last year they weren't a couple of, you're right. 10 and three. That's a big deal. And I know you get a new coach and quarterback, but they should be on the trajectory again. Cause there are other, there are other uh, teams in their conference. I don't think were up to their level. So they were kind of feasting there. They were in a Southeast Louisiana barn burner. We know all about barn burners against them. They won by three, but it was in the fifties and you're right. Made the playoffs. Overtime win, you carry that in the next, and you lost to Sam Houston State, who's not even in the FCS anymore. So that was a close game, lost by a touchdown. You're right. There's always that one player on their defense, too. You mentioned Kalechi, who leads their defense and was that Buck Buchanan. Like, yeah, he leads them in almost every category and they have a good safety. A lot of, like, we'll be hearing their names a lot, I'm sure, for the tackling. Uh, 
what else sticks out to you? you? Know, I think I had some stats here. Go ahead and run down some other things that you had on them. Yeah, obviously, I mentioned Lindsey Scott Jr. Uh, he was one of the eleven quarterbacks named to the Walter Payton Award watch list. I said uh, I mentioned uh, Taylor Grimes earlier, who started his career in the Missouri Valley at Illinois State. Now he's down there. Um, he's on the 2022 Senior Bowl watch list as well. Um, Nash Jones returns at center to anchor that offensive line. Um, so that's a big return for them. Then also on that defense, along with Kaleche, Cameron Preston on that defensive tackle spot. Um, so uh, a returning some really good players, see what happens. Um, coming off making the second round and first time in program history, they have some standouts back. They have a new quarterback. They were the Southland Conference champs last year. But really excited what Coach Kenny uh, can do for this program, see what it takes it to um, out of the Southland. Uh, like you said, you had some stats on them. Yeah, for sure. At the, at the beginning of the go, they're, you know, because FCS had a really good article about uh, both teams in general that were not picked to win our conferences. If, uh, I mean, everyone's talking about this game, honestly. Sam Herter had this as a top three game this weekend. Uh, he had another prediction we'll get to here in a second, but uh, I mean, the, the Cardinals have pretty uh, high stakes or they have a, you know, they're pretty highly coveted around the country as well. But overall, no, I mean, they have, we haven't played. What was the in season? Like stats is in like, yeah, maybe not for them, but overall for us, Nick Hill on, on this new contract, looking to continue the four and two in season openers. Uh, what was the stat that had us? We haven't played in the state of Texas since we got killed by Baylor, right? A couple, yeah, was to most recent chip was there in 2000. So we haven't been to Texas in 2001, 21 years. Can you believe that? Crazy. Not so been good for we, us. Not at all. The two and nine record in Texas. We won a long time ago against other teams that weren't really, not really that notable. But uh, overall, like I said, a lot of people are talking. It's the only ranked game this week. Sam Herter's been talking endlessly about it all. Uh I think I had, and well, and it had pretty much. And we'll we'll get I'll get some Nick Kale quotes here, and then we'll we'll iron some stuff out, some more things, and we'll get to that same Herder, same Herder prediction that he had for us in that game. Uh, Nick Kale said at the start of the season, though, he said it's excited, it's game week, we're excited to get going. We've got a great opponent. I talked to our guys about the opportunity that we have at another season. Our schedule is a tough one, and it starts off week one. He said on Lindsey Scott, Nick Hill did, that he's a phenomenal player. If you watch his clips and highlights over the last several years, he can make all the throws from the pocket. He's really dangerous running the football. Pro Football Focus ranked him in the most dangerous in terms of run efficiency outside the pocket. Rushing for over 900 yards is insane. I said that, not him. He said, quote, he's just always had an ability from high school and into college of making plays with his feet. And he also said on opening the season against a ranked team, he said, I like it. I think it's a great opportunity for our team. I think that we've got to show our maturity and experience going on the road, on a flight trip, going to a place we've never been before. We just have to be focused. Our job is to go out there and play the game and play it at a high level and come out of there with a win. That's our only focus. You like being tested. You see those games all over the country where you go out and test yourself and play in a big game. We want to continue to schedule those games at SIU, which, no, as we know, obviously, these are the kind of, we talked about it. Around the whole country, what we like the Kennesaw States of the world who's playing right now. I just remember seeing like those are the types of teams, even the Villanovas of the world. Those are the kind of teams we would like to play, whether it's regular season or playoffs. He's, and then they said on the implications of the first game, 
quote, this game won't define our season, good or bad. It's a long season, and the best teams that are going to win a championship at the end of the year just continue to get better. They found out the things they have to work on, their strengths and weaknesses, and then they've just got to continue to grow and get better. So, no, as we know, we talked about it. I mean, if we lose this game, it could set us up for, you know, if we can hopefully beat SEMO at home, it's always tough in general. And then after that, you know, it could be a rocky road. So that's how important this game is. What else do you have? Yeah, you just talked about, I mean, obviously Nick Hill said it doesn't define our season, but um, there's been several Saluki fans that I've talked to. They asked me, does, does this, is this uh, almost like a make or break game for us to start the season here? Does this, I mean, some people are talking about it. I mean, it's a big game to start the season. Like you said, it's a big opportunity to play a ranked opponent. Um, but it almost feels like a make-or-break game for the season. Um, this has playoff implications, obviously. Um, if we win this game and they go on to win the Southland, that helps us out. If we're potentially on the bubble team, we I said we had four losses. We could be right there on the bubble. Um but also, if they lose this close, if if they play as close and lose on the, if lose it, and we go on to finish maybe top three in the valley and have a good season, that helps them out if they're on the bubble as well. So it obviously kind of does have playoff implications. But uh, like Nick has, Nick Hill said, it doesn't define our season. There's a lot of opportunities elsewhere, um, but big opportunity for us, like he said, to go a place we've never been before and try to get a victory. Oh, goodness. I mean, imagine what, you know, whether we don't win the conference and we get, you know, no automatic bid, but they look at our week one on the road with Noah Bonte Cox, Isaiah Hardship, and go in there and win on the road. I mean, that would be massive. You're right. Playoff implications are skyrocketed because they're ranked 14. We're ranked ninth. If they beat a team in the top four of the Missouri Valley, I mean, they're going to, you know, be licking their chops in a conference that they are probably easily going to win. So it's, it's, it is, it's going to be a great matchup, and that's why it's only ranked one, you know. So that's where the implications can't be too crazy, but, you know, it's a huge one if you do win. So we'll get to our predictions in a second. I mentioned Sam Herter. Yeah, he did have his predictions for this week, and he mentions the high-powered offenses that we don't have Avante. He was skeptical, skeptical on his podcast that if Avante was playing or not, but he got that confirmed, made his, made his predictions. He said, SIU was up and down last season after high expectations. Expect a lot of big plays offensively. SIU has the stronger defense, though, which will be the difference. But he has the final score, us 42, them 28. So that's really high scoring. Not sure without our top two guys we can score that much. Who knows? I'm sure they've been preparing this whole time without our top two guys. But if we allow 28 points, too, that could be their high power. I would like to allow, obviously, less than that. That's really high scoring, though. What do you think? I don't, well, actually, I'll just wait because we'll get to that in a second with prediction. That is really high scoring. Uh, so, like I said, one of the most you know talked about games of the weekend uh like i said the only ranked weekend so in order to end things here let's talk about who potential dogs of the game could be we mentioned you know when we did our top 10 most important that will obviously ring true for this week one and the importance of this game though who do you think could be or who's your pre-dog of the game or dogs yeah obviously on offense um is um it's tough Obviously, you could always say when we talked about the most important player in the top ten, Nick Baker. Uh, but I'm gonna go elsewhere. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say, it's Zach Gibson. We're gonna have to have one of those receivers make a play. But 
I think Zach Gibson, um, his size, he can uh, go up and go get the football for us. So I'm going to say Zach Gibson is my offensive free dog of the game. It's a great pick. And I almost want to say Deontay, too, because those guys do have to step up. I could say the offensive line unit as well, stepping up and protecting the run game. And Nick, to be able to throw to is Zach Gibson or Deontay. I'll go with Javon, though. We talked about before, whether it's position groups or you don't want to always pick like the best players on the team and post. Hopefully we can say guys that stepped up that weren't the main guys. But I do think, again, I've said it probably five times about if things don't go right in throwing the ball, we know we can rely on Javon to run and do everything else himself. And a, and a really – and a game against – which, like we said, their defense has a couple guys, but it shouldn't be as good as us. We believe Sam there. So if we can make things happen and Javon's in the single of it. I'll, I'll take Javon for offense. What about defense? Yeah, defense. Um, we talked about a lot of a lot of guys who can step up on this defense. Um, I'm gonna go with here under starting spot. I'm gonna say DJ Johnson. Obviously, um, PJ Jules. If maybe he's on on Grimes, but a lot of times we don't move corners and side to side. So uh, he's under starting spot. I'm gonna say DJ Johnson must have a big game to help us out. Great choice. I think I'm going to go with someone who's going to be a part of that starting set in the middle there with how good of a runner the quarterback is. I'm going to go with Jakari. I think if he's healthy, he's our sideline guy. I think if he tries to run this guy down, if we don't, you know, if the first level guys don't get to him and he starts running, we need a guy to be able to run him down. I could take any linebacker, but since we're going off whatever a little bit, could be Branson. First game with the green dot, he'll be prepared. I think I'll go with Shakari to be able to run the quarterback down. I was going to go with someone that could get to the quarterback. A lot of options there. And even though special teams, I think we could both say, you know, if we get opportunities to – we could either of them, Jake or Nathan, could be pivotal flipping the field and kicking, like, like I said, Nick getting either finishing extra points. We mentioned how we might go for two this year. That's depending. If we have our best players, we could do it. We did it a lot last year. Hopefully our play calling, as we've mentioned before, can be a little better in those situations. But no, if Nick or if Jake has to finish this off for three and finish extra points, that'll be big. It almost seems like it's him or Nathan for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Any either of those guys, I mean, um, but I'm gonna go with. It's hard to get live reps on special teams in practice. Obviously, it sounds like Javon got deemed up on punt return, but. Uh, didn't see him do it a lot last year. I'm going to go with Clayton Bush. Uh, he's got to be able to hold on to that football, catch that football before making a move, make make sure. And we've seen a lot of fair catches from Javon. So I'm going to put Clayton Bush on the spot here. He's got to be really good back there um, if, he's won, if he's won that starting spot back there. For sure. And we don't know, you know, about Incarnate Word special teams, if they got guys that can boot it, but we need guys that we can trust and, don't turn it over, fair catch it, give us good field position and take off when you know you can. So a great picks. Like I said, we'll discuss the post on the next pod after the game. But no, okay, to end it here, let's talk about our game picks. We we know we don't have spreads. We usually don't even have them on Friday when we do our pre-stuff. Pre uh, we get it like early Saturday or something. But we were maybe thinking between three and five. And it seems like it would be more towards them because they're at home. It's a 6,000 or 8,000 seat place that they have. I don't know how their home field advantage. I don't know if any SIU fans are going. They might. But, no, like we said, around three, three and a half potentially on their end. It could also be an even game, I think. If they're looking at, well, the nines on the road, we want to give the nines some credit. 
It, I think it's going to be pretty close though. Who do you, what's the spread you got, and who do you have coming out on top? Yeah, I would say, like you said, between I would set it if I were to set it, I'd set it like probably three and a half, four points. I'd say let's just set it at three and a half. Um, and I'm going to take the dogs plus three and a half. I think if if Incarnate Ward does beat us. Um, this weekend it will be by a field goal so dogs would still cover that three and a half I'd be safe there but uh, I'll take the dogs plus three and a half yeah I, I mean it would depend who we would play and I think this is about as even matchup even though without two key offensive guys I would say plus two I mean I would have us probably you know winning in general because it would be a great start to the season and we have high expectations I mean I would think that this would be Everyone's talking about it. I think all eyes are on it. I would love for this game to go our way, and I think it will. I'll agree with you. If it is around that spread, us plus the points, hands down, then, to uh, get a one nothing to start yeah. the game. Then the, then the over-under, I mean, with two high-scoring teams, right. I'd set it at, like, just just thinking, looking at what today's in the FCS, uh, the Central Arkansas-Missouri State game is set at 66, so if we were to set it, at a little lower than that, like like sixty three. Uh, I'm gonna take the under. It's first week, so if I set it at sixty three, I take the under. Yeah, if it's even like I would say between sixty sixty five as well because of that. Um, man, I really hope we don't allow a whole lot of points, and I hope we can score if we get the chance. Um, I'll go with the under as well if it's around fifty five to sixty, which. We'll find out, and then we'll know it, and then we'll talk about it, like what it was beforehand, before the game started, how it all turned out. So there it is. If you stuck with us again, we're sorry if it went long. Again, we wanted to get everything out to you guys, all the information we have. And to preview this week one, we've been hearing a lot about wanting this preview. So really excited. No, I know you'll be, like we said, we're doing this today because you're leaving tomorrow. You're going to watch uh, Oregon play in the Mercedes-Benz in Atlanta to watch the Georgia Bulldogs, which will be one of the biggest games of the weekend as well and a packed house. So you, you said you'll keep up with it because your games are, that game is around three. So you'll keep up with it. I'll be glued to it. But outside of that, what are your final thoughts? Yeah. Excited that uh, obviously college football week zero was last week, but excited that Missouri Valley football is back. So that Saluki football is back a big opportunity to go on the road. Like we said, um, yeah, I'll be streaming and I'll make sure to make sure my phone's charged and take my AirPods um even if i can't get a good connection i'll find a way to at least turn into uh mike reese and mike trude uh, mike trude gets his first game big game for him as well uh back on the call with mike reese so i'm um, excited for this weekend headed down to elena um can't wait for it yeah i'll be glued to it i'm really excited to see it. it's crazy that we're getting games to this point as well and every, if everybody knows about our accounts we will live tweet the game you know, everything good or bad, good possessions, everything that we usually do, we're going to be doing again. So everybody stick up with our tweets. Looking forward to it. Like I said, all eyes on this game. Two ranked teams looking forward to it. It'll be a great test and a great win to start this season, knowing Northwestern is on the horizon for another big opportunity. Another fun episode. Looking forward to talking to you guys early next week. Maybe on Labor Day we'll have the episode out discussing this, obviously, whenever Noah gets back. And we're a couple games or a couple days after the fact. Looking forward to it. Excited. ESPN Plus, 6 o'clock on Saturday night. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. Until next time, as always, looking forward to it. Go dogs.